The status of native is a nervous condition introduced and maintained by the settler among colonized people. Jean-Paul Sartre. In today's episode, we'll explore more about what these nervous conditions are and how they play a role in the African female's experience with post-colonization mental health. Welcome to today's episode of Mental Health and Blackness. Today's episode will cover African post-colonization and its influence on the African female's mental health. From the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States to the anti-police brutality protests in Afro-Latinx communities in Latin America to the NSARS movement in Nigeria, the Black diaspora has experienced a new wave of uprisings and change within its communities. There have been new conversations about these systemic structures that have existed that are causing these new uprisings currently. These conversations have focused on how race, imperialism, and colonialism affect Black individuals systematically and systemically through our societal structures. These conversations will also focus on how the systemic and systematic functions impact social mobility of Black individuals, their access to education and resources. Today, I would like to focus on how this affects the Black individual's psyche, specifically on how the African woman's mental health has been impacted by the post-colonization structures. This topic will be explored through Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's character, Kambili, from the novel Purple Hibiscus, and as well through Titsi Dangaremba's character, Tambu, from the novel Nervous Conditions. The opening quote from today's episode is taken from the introduction of Dangaremba's novel, Nervous Conditions. The nervous conditions that Dangaremba refers to in her book are the negative impacts that the Black psyche takes on due to the, due to the societal structures in post-colonization Africa. Dangaremba specifically focused on the female perspective, and that's what we're going to focus on today. Despite Adichie not specifically using the term nervous conditions in her book Purple Hibiscus, we can still see that her character Kambili develops nervous conditions in her mental health similar to Tambu. Both authors, Adichie and Dagaremba, have acknowledged that sometimes it can be difficult to talk about mental health within the African community. Adichie specifically addressed this at one of her conferences. There was a part of me that wanted this book to be the book that, you know, some Nigerian parent who's raising a child in the U.S. reads and suddenly thinks, oh, right, I really need to get my shit together and not tell my child to get over it and go and pray when they're clearly having some difficult time, you know, because, you know, Nigerians will tell you, oh, what's wrong with you? Cheer up and go and pray. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to cheer up and go and pray, right? <laughs> but it's not happening. Donga has also tried to address the stigma surrounding mental health through her work with mental health awareness activists and as well through lectures about mental health. She worked with Hopewell Chin Ono on his documentary, State of Mind, 
which focus on mental health facilities in Zimbabwe and as well as discourse on mental health within Zimbabwe. She also gave a lecture surrounding how mental health is a form of a nervous condition in the post-colonial society at the Mampungwe Institute for Strategic Reflection at the University of Johannesburg. Despite the fact that there has been stigma surrounding mental health conversations within the African community, Dangaremba and Adichie make sure to highlight how mental health conversations cannot be put to the side. They show that mental health conversations are important to be had within post-colonization Africa. The authors take steps to make sure that mental health conversations aren't seen as abnormal. They try to normalize these conversations through the way the audience interacts with their characters Kambili and Tambu. Before beginning analysis on how Kambili and Tambu are both affected in their mental health psyche by the post-colonization society, it is important to note that this post-colonial system does not discriminate in who it chooses to harm. It just harms in different ways. For example, Tambu and Kambili are both females growing up in this post-colonial society, but they're also both from different backgrounds. But towards the end of the book, we see that both characters have had their mental health psyche impacted by the post-colonial society. Tambu and Kambili come from two different socioeconomic statuses. Tambu comes from a poor agricultural community. For her, resources financially and educationally are very limited. Her parents haven't been able to achieve the social mobility that she sees that her uncle has able, been able to do. Within that community that Kambili is from, intelligence seems like a key way to get out of the community and gain social mobility. But even if you do have that intelligence, you still need the connections and resources to be able to achieve the highest levels of education. For Tambu, in order to gain social mobility within education, she's largely dependent upon her uncle's approval and making sure that he supports her and continue her education. For Kambili, that's not really the case for her. Within Nigeria, she'd be considered part of the upper middle class. Her father owns a business so money really isn't an issue for her family. As well, Kambili and her brother are assured spots within the education system. They're merely told to work hard to make sure they're able to stay at the top of their class and stay being able to social climb within the education system. But despite the, different, the differing socioeconomic statuses of Tambu and Kambili, we still see that their mental health psyches are impacted, even though it's in different ways. They're both products of the post-colonial society, and now they're trying, to be, they're trying to navigate this society and trying to make sure their mental health isn't impacted in the process. Next, I'd like to focus on how Tambu Kambili are both products of post-colonization Africa, and which post-colonization structures primarily affect them, and in, in which ways does this affect their mental health. When speaking on their mental health, I won't be diagnosing what specific... Um, disorders they may have, but more so looking at symptoms and trying to associate that with a broader category of what um, maybe a psychologist would assume that they have. Two main ways that Tambu and Kambili are impacted by Africa's post-colonization system. 
These two ways that I will be exploring today is patriarchy and the education system. First, I'll talk about patriarchy. Tambu faces patriarchy from her father, Jeremiah, and from her uncle, Bob Makuru, and Kambili faces patriarchy from her father. The term patriarchal colonialism is a term that is now being studied under feminist theory to better understand the relationship between colonialism and patriarchy and how it has affected women in the post-colonization era. Patriarchal colonialism focuses on analyzing European policies and laws for creating institutional gender segregation of colonized bodies to conform to the hegemonic Western gender ideology of subordinate domestic women dominated by superior public men. This term also looks at how patriarchy and colonialism are both hierarchical structures. These hierarchical structures impact one's social identity, which means it directly impacts gender as well as race. In nervous conditions, Dangaremba is pretty obvious about how Tambu's father and uncle are products of patriarchal colonialism. At one point in the book, Dangaremba says that Tambu's father is a product of colonization. Adichie shows Kambili's father to be anti-pre-colonization Africa through his rejection of traditional Igbo practices. However, both authors are able to portray similar impacts that patriarchal colonialism has on Tambu and Kambili. They both lose a sense of self-agency. The girl's worth is stemmed in trying to prove that they are worthy to the patriarchy. They also forget their sense of self. Here, I'll dive deep into how this impacts Kambili. The way Kambili is impacted by patriarchal colonialism in her sense of self is that she starts to develop strong insecurities in herself. This is because she can't afford to fail the patriarchy, specifically her father. Kambili's focus on pleasing the patriarchy impacts her ability to communicate. She has developed a stutter and she shows, she shows signs of suffering from social anxiety due to the fact that she struggles to communicate with her peers and people who aren't her immediate family. Kambili also shows signs of generalized anxiety disorder. If we were to go deeper into Kambili's home life, the audience would also find that Kambili shows symptoms of trauma. With patriarchy, Kambili also struggles with identity. In patriarchal colonialism, Kambili's father has rejected Igbo culture and tradition. This cuts her off from what it means to manage to be Igbo and even what it means to be Nigerian. In her famous TED talk, We Should All Be Feminists, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie speaks on how we are products of post-colonization in the way that we view gender and in the way that we treat women. Each time I walk into a Nigerian restaurant with a man, the waiter greets the man and ignores me. The waiters are products. Are there some women who are like, yes? <laughs> the waiters are products of a society that has taught them that men are more important than women. And I know the waiters don't intend any harm, but it is one thing to know intellectually and quite another to feel it emotionally. Each time they ignore me, I feel invisible. I feel upset. We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Next, I focus on the education system in post-colonization Africa. Colonized education is the byproduct of colonization. It is when the colonizing nation implements its own form of schooling within the colonies. 
The idea of assimilation is important to the colonized education. It forces assimilation of the colonized into the colonizers. Colonizing governments realize that they can gain strength not only through physical control, but also through mental control. And this is how colonized education operates. When it comes to the education system in the post-colonization era, Adichie and Donga remember show how education has become colonized. To participate in the colonized education means to strip away parts of one's African identity. Adichie gives a glimpse of this through the integration of the Nigerian National Anthem at Kambili School, Daughters of the Immaculate Heart. The school administration did not see it as important to incorporate Nigerian identity into a school located in Nigeria. It was the parents of the students that pushed to have the Nigerian National Anthem sung at the school. However, we see that when it comes to singing the Nigerian National Anthem, only Nigerian nuns participate. Next, I will dive into how colonized education impacts Tambu. Tambu loses her cultural identity, cultural identity and develops self-hate because of this system. Colonized education emphasizes the use of English. Success in mastering this language helps one gain social mobility in the education system. However, because of this mastering, Tambu loses her Shona language. She struggles to speak Shona with her immediate family. This creates anxiety for Tambu when she goes home. Losing Shona means losing her place in her community. Her Shona identity becomes fragmented. The colonized education also teaches Tambu to hate herself. She internalized the idea that her African identity, her blackness, make her lesser. She begins to idolize whiteness and sees integration into white society as what she should work towards. Later, an older Tambu reflects on this and considers it an evil mentally that she was forced to endure because of her vulnerability to it. Next, let's turn to a lecture that Titsi Dangaramba gave on what it means to be the colonized and the colonizer and the mentality that these two subjects take on and how it impacts them in post-colonization. Subject is created by the mind that moves it. The mind is the first actor. A colonial subject would therefore be she who is created by the colonial mind. A protagonist, however, is the first or principal actor moved by her own mind to order the universe according to her own principles. In the world of the colonized protagonist, there are, four, there are therefore two minds, or at least two minds, in operation. The first is the mind of the protagonist prior to colonization. The second is the mind of the colonizing antagonist. This is a situation of conflict. It begets the nervous conditions thematized this evening. Nevertheless, a colonized protagonist does not inevitably give up her mind to the colonial universe. A colonized protagonist has a choice whether to become a colonial subject 
or whether to continue to be her own subject, who orders the universe in accordance with her own principles. Both choices. So to end today's episode, how is the African female's mental health impacted by the post-colonization era? Kambili and Tambu show that the African female loses a sense of self and identity. This shows in the functioning of the patriarchal colonization and colonized education systems. The African female develops anxiety and at times self-hate in response to these structures. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion of Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's purple hibiscus and T.C. Dangaremba's nervous conditions and how these authors portray African female mental health in post-colonization Africa. I'm Suzanne Baja, and I'll see you soon to talk more about mental health and Blackness.